Sean Sewell with Engagement.com Podcast, and my colleague and good friend Will Rickards from our Engagement team here. Uh, this is going to be a fun episode because I get to actually interview Will about a very amazing adventure that he did, uh, what the adventure was, why he did it, what gear he used with it, and uh, just the hows, the whys, and uh, everything of this amazing adventure. So welcome onto the show, Will. Thank you. It's always good to <laughs> hang out with you, Sean. <laughs> I appreciate Seriously. that. Yeah. It's good mojo, Will. So I'll try and summarize real quick what he did, and then we'll go into much detail about it. So Will and his son Kai live on the east side of Denver, Aurora. Um, Will bikes to work, as you can see here. Got his bike here. Uh, him and his son Kai biked here today, actually. And uh, he embarked on a, a crazy adventure, at least to me. I like to bike to work myself. But the amount of biking that you did in the adventure, uh, 75 miles from his home in Aurora, through all of Denver, up the Front Range, up Mount Evans, which is over a 14,000 foot peak. Uh, it's a lot to unpack here, Will. So what, tell me about this adventure, how it came about. Yeah, um, I love the fact you want to talk about the why first and then move on to the how and the what. Um, let's start with the actual ride and, yes. and, and it, yeah, it's, uh, it's 150 miles from my house to the top of Evans and back. And it is about 11,500 feet of ascent. Uh, so it's, it's pretty sizable. It's a stretch goal, right? Yeah, stretch it, it's, goal. It's a massive stretch goal. And uh, yeah, it, it felt like the right <laughs> thing to do at the time. <laughs> I don't know, but how, how do you get to a point where like, this feels like the right thing to do at the time? Going from uh, how many miles is it from your home to, to work at the time? Yeah, I, I, I commute six miles to work and six miles oh, back. So that's, that's and that's pretty flat. Yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty palatable for a lot of people. And on a recreational day, what, how much mileage would we put in, like 20? Yeah, I mean, it, so when COVID started, I definitely started picking it up a little bit more. And, and, and we would do up to sort of 50, 60 mile rides. Mm -hmm. But then that kind of stopped. Mm -hmm. And, and I wasn't doing 50 or 60 mile rides. I was just doing my commute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so 50, 60 mile ride, that's a big day. That's a big, big day for me. It's a big day for a lot of people. And that's just uh, biking around, not with an objective to go up a mountain. Yeah. A sizable mountain. <laughs> one of the biggest ones in the state. If you know 14,000 feet, this is over two and a half miles tall. <laughs> Yeah, just as that, we, we have a, Denver's known as 5280, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the height of, um, of Denver. And yes, Mount Evans is 14264, I want to say it is. Yeah. The summit. I'll go with that. It's over 14,000. Yeah, it's over 14,000. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and to get some context for people outside of Colorado, Mount Evans, you can, there's a road. You can go you up can, it. You can drive up so, it. Yeah, yeah, so it's one of, the, one of the few 14ers where you can actually approach it in a vehicle or other um, mechanical um, way. So it, uh, people do it on bikes, but a lot of people do. like a section of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, people, when people ride it, they generally ride from maybe Idaho Springs, mm -hmm. um, maybe uh, near Evergreen, mm -hmm. 
a lot of them from Echo Lake. So, you know, three places that are significantly closer to the summit and, yeah. and, and less height gain. So, yes. Sure, but still. It, it was a stretch goal. Yeah, for sure. And then to paint some more picture on this, Echo Lake is kind of at the base of Mount Evans it's four, area. It's 14 miles to the summit. Yeah, so but it's still 14 miles up. Yeah. Uh, Idaho Springs is the next town down. Big town down, yeah. Uh, so you have to go up, uh, whatever they call it. It was Squaw Pass. I'm sure it's changed names. By that, now. That's, that's evergreen over Squaw Pass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and those those towns are also at uh, seven ish thousand feet or so. Yeah, seven or eight. Yeah, so it, it's still a hard thing to comprehend. <laughs> yeah, I so I, I guess I want to tell you the why. Yes, I, and I think a lot of people will relate to this. You know, we were coming out of COVID, and uh, COVID sort of messed with my head, mm -hmm. messed with a lot of people's heads, and. Ultimately, I was not feeling particularly fulfilled. I was not feeling, I didn't have a lot of self-esteem. And uh, I was struggling. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wanted to make some changes in my life. That was a big motivator for it. Yeah. Um, my background's in education. And, and I feel a lot more fulfillment and joy when I feel like I'm inspiring other people. So that was a large part of it. And um, I, I've, I've been an adventure educator for a long time, so I believe in the power of adventure. And, uh, and so this was a big adventure, and yeah. that was a large part of it. And I'll define adventure yeah. as the feeling you get from an uncertain outcome. It doesn't have to necessarily have a lot of risk, although you know, the, there's risk of failure as well mm -hmm. as sort of hazards. Yeah. There was a massive risk of failure here. And I, you know, it was like, I hadn't ridden a road bike in 22 years. Oh, I wow. um, hadn't ridden hills since Kai was born, really. So he's 18 now. Um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was it was a stretch goal. It was. Now uh, about adventure. There's a quote. I'm hopefully I say it right from one of our, well, at least my hero, probably yours as well, Yvonne Chouinard, founder of Patagonia. Something to the effect of adventure is when things don't go according to plan. And uh, but I also like to uh, preface it like I don't seek out adventures to go wrong. Like I, sure. I plan as much as possible and yeah. try to stick to those plans and make educated decisions with your plan. I think the risk of failure was the, probably the biggest risk. It wasn't like a risk of like going off the side of a mountain or other. Sure. No, I mean I, I, I didn't anticipate getting hurt. Although I'll, I'll be real, I I didn't know if. I wouldn't be hallucinating and falling off my <laughs> well, bike sure, by the end yeah. of the day, you know. I was, yeah. Um, you know, I was I was worried. I'd never, I'd never ridden a century at that point. Yeah. Um, a century is a uh, hundred miles. miles yeah. So I literally, I, I had this just sort of a little moment of madness and epiphany, whatever you like. To, riding into work one day, I, I can see Mount Evans as I ride into work. Yeah. And and I'd always thought. It'd be great to ride up there, and it always retort was, "Don't be stupid, Will. You're not the person to do that." Until you did it, and so you know, it, it, that's for other people. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not that athletes don't ride up Mount Evans; they mm -hmm. do, you know. But it's like when someone who's literally getting off the couch, apart from the short commute, yeah, goes for it. So it's, it was, a, it was like I say, it was a stretch goal. Yeah, very much so. It's, yeah. Okay, so that, that that was the adventure you you. Successfully pulled it off, and there's a, there's a lot more to it than just what I said. Um, looking into this adventure, where does your mind go as far as training, nutrition, sure. equipment, um, 
yeah. time for training for this. I, I definitely want to talk about that. But I want to I want to unwrap the why a little oh, bit more because, sure, I, yeah. because I think for me the main one of my main reasons for doing it is to hopefully encourage other people to do it as well. And you know, if, if you're watching this, you know, I, I definitely ask you to consider what would be a stretch goal for you and what would would help you. And why would you want to do it in the first place? Why mm. would you want to put yourself out there? You know, if I if I looked a little bit more deeply about what was going on, um, man, I'm getting older. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know, I'm closer to sixty than I am fifty these days. So that's <laughs> really scary, right? So I'm watching the aging process, and I'm thinking, oh, jeepers, my body doesn't work quite the same way mm -hmm. as it used to. Yeah, you know that potentially is scary. Yeah. Um, I guess I wasn't feeling good about myself at all. Yeah. It'd been a bit, it'd been a hard few years, you know. If, mm -hmm. if I, you know, everyone has a life. Everyone has stuff happen in their life. Mm -hmm. I know you know that. I oh, know yeah, you've put up battles. with with a, yeah. with a lot of battles over the over the last few years, and 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 I was dealing with that. You know, not that long ago, being divorced. I was. Mm -hmm. um, not long after that, I became a single parent. Then my ex-wife managed well no didn't manage my ex-wife got cancer mm -hmm. um and we found out about that as covid was starting yeah, right when it started right when it was starting and just so that kai spent more time with his mom and got to know her we invited her back into the house yeah at that point so we spent 18 months sort of watching her demise which was hard. Oh, yeah. um, they, you know, there, there was a lot going on. Um, and yeah, I needed yeah. to do something, right? Yeah. But let's, let's, let's talk about, you know, being that single parent. You know, it's like I'm, I, I've had a life of adventure. I know mm -hmm. how I can use adventure to kickstart my life. Yeah. Normally I'd run away. Yeah. Right. That that was my past habit. I would just run away. I'd go somewhere remote yeah. and wild and find myself again, and then reemerge, yeah. found. Right. I can't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. So you know, whatever adventure I did had to be close to home. It had to be something that would, did not include an extended period of time. Yeah, you don't have to go to Kilimanjaro. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. So. It, that that moment where, you know, things catalyzed, it was it was a recognition that this is a stupid stretch goal, but I can work towards it on a daily basis. Yeah. And just prepare for it. And I think that was a huge recognition because most of my ventures in the past have been less let's run away to Nepal and live there for as long as you can do or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's, there's been adventures in the past, but I could not do that. Yeah. I could not leave my son home alone for an extended period of time. I was very respectful. And to give some more background on Will, he has been a world traveler and lived in Nepal and does a lot of fun stories. Will has, but going to do that, that kind of adventure, that escapism in some ways was not an option. Not an option. Find, yeah. So. Find something local that's within a day. Yeah. You can do, and then and then the other piece of that is you know, what through my work as an adventure educator and through my personal experiences, I know how powerful adventure is. I mm -hmm. know how it it teaches life skills that can be used and you know both in society and at work. Mm -hmm. I know how 
it helps to sort of bring fulfillment and excitement and joy into your life. Mm -hmm. So I needed to do an adventure. I, 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 I knew that, you know, when I'm, when I'm feeling low self-esteem, adventure is the quickest way for me to develop resilience. Uh, yeah, I think you it's know, for label for it, a lot of people watching yeah, this. Yeah, totally. Sure. And, and, and so it's like I just needed a quick shot mm -hmm. of something that just got me up and running again. And, um, yeah, so that, that decision literally was that quick. Were you biking towards Mount Evans? I, I was side? biking towards Mount Evans. Yeah. And nice. I was thinking, I was just thinking, enough excuses. Yeah. It was literally that. It's enough excuses. Wow. And I had two months. Yeah. Okay, I, because basically it was, I, I, I saw it. And um, I think the next day or the day after, I went for a, a 40 mile ride with Kai just to sort of think, yeah. is, this, is this right? And it's like, yeah, do it. And then, and then the journey began. <laughs> so then we get onto the how, right? Oh, sure. And um, yeah, as I said, we, I, you know, I was pretty much on the couch. Yeah. When uh, at this point, and you, you and had you two were, months to get ready to do something. Yeah, like from couch to this, and and also going through a lot uh, as a caretaker, single father, so much going on in your plate. And I love that you had that epiphany, and I'm sure it's relatable to a lot of people that epiphany, like. Oh yeah, okay. And then uh, you, you do a little practice run with Kai, your son, and uh, get a feel for it. And then you reverse engineer it, or do you look at like uh, that old saying, "How do you eat an elephant uh, one piece at a time?" Right. <laughs> well, I, I think I think you're absolutely right with the planning piece, yeah. right? You, you you planning makes something easy. You don't have to follow a plan just because you create it. But you, True. But you kind of want to have a plan, so you've got a direction, and and you know having a big goal. Like you say, you do break it down into small parts. Mm -hmm. and, and I broke it into four major parts. I kind of wanted to make sure that one, I could uh, spend a long time in the saddle and mm -hmm. um, also had the mental fortitude to, to keep on pushing when things were not comfortable. Yeah, the fortitude, <laughs> for sure. Um, I, two, wanted to make sure that... Uh, I got the nutrition and the hydration down. Yes. That was pretty huge. Um, three, I, I wanted to make sure I could do hills and mm -hmm. function at altitude. So Which I had is a very real thing. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. I mean, th there's a big difference between climbing a hill at 5,000 feet and climbing a hill at 14,000 feet. Yeah. And so you've got to be prepared for that. And four, I, I'd been... So I, I've spent time working in um, PE departments and mm -hmm. universities because of my field. And uh, I'd come across this guy called Phil Maftone that a, a lot of my colleagues thought was a bit hokey. Oh, he's the best, Maftone method. Yeah, um, it, but he sort of really got me thinking about heart rate. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what Maftone has been saying for the last 30 years, mm -hmm. 30, certainly 30 years, Mm -hmm. More people are aligning with him at the moment. Oh yeah, they're not necessarily exactly the same, but but they're saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's all about heart rate. I yeah. wasn't out to beat speed records. Yeah, I just wanted to get to the top of that thing and get back home. Yeah. So, um, not so known time to do this. Yes, just a known time. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so absolutely. So the four things, like I say, I, I wanted to figure out how to um, spend. Well, it ended up being 16 hours mm -hmm. 
in the saddle. Yeah. Right? It's not easy. Oh, no. I, and, uh, I feel and, it on the way back to work. Yeah. And, uh, and, and being mentally strong for that as well as being, you know, having a leather ass to <laughs> sit in that saddle, you know, yeah. um, to, you know, climbing those hills. I mean, going uphill obviously requires more power mm. than spinning on the flat. Yeah. So I had to be able to do that. And I had to be able to function at altitude. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, nutrition and hydration. We'll talk about that in more detail. And then heart rate training. So those are the four yeah. things that I really worked on and learned about. And then the other piece was I had to collect the right gear to do it. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, we love gear. We love gear. That's I mean, we, we do. both do the engearment thing. Yeah. So, you know, I'll talk a little bit about Sounds that good. as well. Uh, and from a health perspective, Maftometh is a really uh, simple formula to use uh, to, to figure out um, uh, what zones you're in and, and where you can sustain. Yeah. Right? It's not about like peak output, it's about the sustaining. For, should we uh, talk about this? We should. Because I, think this, is, I yeah. think this is fascinating. And I, and I did a lot of digging prior to this. And Sean will know more about this than I do. This is, <laughs> this is the, the physical trainer here. Um, but from, from what I got to understand, right, is that we have heart rate zones. Um, and when you are operating at about 65% mm -hmm. of your maximum heart rate, then what you do is that you burn fats as opposed to burning sugars, mm -hmm. glycogen. You don't create um, lactic acid, yeah. which is freaking huge if you're going to be out for a long time. Yeah, and I can double down on that here in a second. Yeah. Um, you are developing your mitochondria. This is, this is so geeky and so oh, yeah. cool. And there's, actually, there's a book on the shelf behind us on this very topic that yeah. I'm actually in. We're talking about mitochondria. So mitochondria, these amazing things in your muscles that basically help your muscles to become more efficient. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I read a book, talking about books, called Natural Born Heroes by um, the same guy that um, wrote Born to Run. Incredible oh, yeah. book. Yeah. And he was talking about this. That got me started. He really got me into math tone mm -hmm. as well. So sort of, I'd, I'd been listening to Maftone when I, a long time ago, and then I got reintroduced, and it was like, oh my gosh, this stuff is good. Yeah. But ultimately, as soon as you go over that little sort of few beats per minute mm -hmm. over it, suddenly you're burning sugars and not fats. You're you're mm -hmm. creating lactic acid. It's game over if you're going out for endurance. Yeah, um, you'll, get, you'll get smoked. You'll uh, you'll be sore. Yeah. Um, and the lactic acid part, oftentimes uh, it's raising hydrogen is what's going on, and then it causes this really systemic fatigue, not just muscularly, but everywhere else. It's pretty demoralizing. Uh, you don't want to spend a lot of time there. You really don't. Yeah. I mean, if you're racing, obviously you're it's going part to spend of the race, but part yeah. of the race. And, you know, you, you watch someone like Jesse Diggins when the cross country, oh my God, she just lives mm -hmm. in that sort of, just in a place where I couldn't. Yeah. And, and, and she perpetuates that. And you're thinking, how are you doing that? How are you keeping that going? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but my goal was to really train heart rate yeah. and, and train to heart rate so that yeah. I was, you know, I, I put a, a, an alarm on my watch. So if I 
started to Smart. get too too high and it's like okay back off. breathe back up back off and, oh, and, I love it. and 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 it's been shown that you can get faster within specific heart rates mm -hmm. so you really want to train your zone to heart rate which like i say is about 65 percent of your mm -hmm. maximal heart rate I, I love it and you want to spend 80 percent of your time there even if you're learning to race for sure and then you spend 20 percent developing power i didn't even need to de develop that power in all honesty mm -hmm. i just needed to be able to climb hills exactly in the power i'll sidebar real quick uh the book i'm mentioning that uh that i'm in with pavel tatsulin we do go into the power part uh, briefly, but then recover so the mitochondria can recover and the creatine phosphate system, the very first energy system, can recover. Uh, and then, therefore, train the mitochondria to be more efficient so you can do more endurance yes, in the mountains. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so it's a really, it's, a, it's an approachable technique, uh, whether you're on a yeah. bike or uh, training in a gym. It's, it, and also the cool thing the study showed was that it changed the telomere length of people. So, like, their actual physical age was younger than their age on their ID. Uh, just all kinds of positive rewards out of training so intelligently. And, and the easiest way to know if you are within zone two is you can have a conversation. It may be a bit strained. Mm -hmm. If you can't converse, you're pushing too hard, basically. That's a great so, measurement tool right yeah. there. The talk test, we call yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. That's a bonus sidebar we did not know we are going to get into. Yeah, so <laughs> the heart rate. Well, yeah. let's talk a bit about nutrition as well. So, you know, generally when, when I'm out, I've always taken bars and stuff like mm -hmm. that, right? Which are basically sugars. Yeah. And and they're useful if your heart rate is higher. Mm-hmm. But you just you're just replenishing stuff. But ultimately, if you are maintaining a lowish heart rate, then the thing to focus on is actually eating carbs. Mm -hmm. And I spent um, well, I, I started following. Scratch Labs a number of years ago because they make these great hydration drinks out of Boulder. Yeah, out of Boulder. Fantastic, yep. fantastic co company. Um, started by a few people, but the two people that sort of really headed up were Alan Lim and um, Bijou Thomas. And basically, they worked for bike teams, um, basically feeding them. Mm -hmm. And uh, Alan Lim is a nutritionist, and Bijou is a really good cook. Well, that's a good marriage right there. So, so they wrote a few books, a few cookbooks some time ago. And um, one of them, and I'll, I'll, I'll put a link in for this. One of them, I think, is hands down the best book I've read with a treatise on what to eat if you are doing endurance sports and then giving you recipes. So it breaks down the science. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. And then it gives you these sort of these recipes for sort of hand food yeah. that you can literally stuff in your pocket, pull out and eat on the way. Oh, and yeah. one of the biggest things was rice bars. So I made a lot of my own rice bars, like a lot. Over the <laughs> two months, I ate so much. I basically trained myself to eat every hour, which is hard when you're, wow. so, you know, it's like, I, I could imagine doing and, that. And, and so sticky rice, and I, I had two basic recipes. One was breakfast. <laughs> so mm. cook breakfast with rice, you know, sausage. Um, Into a bar? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, well, I, I put them in the little baggies and eggs. Sure. And so it's a sort of a bound rice mixture. So you had like a, a egg breakfast hand roll? Yeah, basically, and oh in, 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 a, in a bag, and you just pull it out, and I'd be eating one of those every hour. Oh, and then I had yeah. a sweet one, which was basically lemon juice and sugar, mm -hmm. and um, mint leaves, and uh, and 
and uh, raspberries in another one. So yeah. I had a sweet and I had a savory. And I was knocking one of those back, and they're probably about 250 calories apart, but I was knocking one of those back every hour. Yeah. And <laughs> when we were sort of figuring this out, we went and chatted with Alan Lim at Scratch Labs and oh, interviewed yeah. him and got sort of finding out what, what he thought, you know, and, uh, and what his advice was. And, yeah, it was, it was a lot of what he'd written about, but it yeah. was really fun. And, it, yeah, it was a good time chatting with him. I bet. Aaron Gearman... Is, is a way in to so many things, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. So we, we interviewed him, and I hopefully we'll get that out at some time soon as well. Cool. Well, then we'll link yeah. to that as well so you guys can yeah. uh, benefit from that. All right, so we get the nutrition down. I love the breakfast rice bar idea. I'm going to have to make Yeah, I'll, I'll get you a recipe, and I'll, I'll bring some over one day when we're out. Oh, the, it's so good. When we're out skinning. It's just like, because oh. they're fantastic. They really are fantastic. They're nice to mix up from the bars yeah. I usually eat. Yeah. Oh, it's so much better. <laughs> Uh, I love it. <laughs> so we got the training down, Maftone method. Yeah, um, so that's the heart rate. We talk about nutrition, hydration. I mean, you course. obviously have to just guzzle oh my gosh, fluids. Like and, it, yeah. you know, our friends at Scratch Labs, hands down my favorite yeah. of my of these sort of isotonic drinks, which yeah. got enough salts and sugars in that you just they get absorbed by your body pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we were talking about with Alan was I... I I was taught to make my own isotonic drinks when I was at college. That's a long time ago. <laughs> I was the same age as Kai. Um, but they tasted like ass. Yeah. It was, it was this mixture of salts and sugars. So yeah. fructose, sucrose, and potassium chloride, sodium chloride, just a bunch of stuff. And then we would mix these powders mm-hmm. in a big plastic bag, sat down of an evening, and then just scoop them out. But they tasted disgusting. When you mix them with paper, they have all the things they, you want. They have all the things you want and need. And yeah. then we put fruit yeah. juice and water in. Yeah. But they, ah, oh, it was horrible. I'm trying to keep it down when, oh. when you're sort of like, this, this is fascinating, right? Because back in those days, I rode my bike a lot, mm-hmm. but I would never ride over 65 miles. And the main reason was that one of us would bonk mm-hmm. at 65 miles. And we never figured out how to stop that. I've just given you the formula for being able to do long distance rides. Keep your heart rate down, mm-hmm. eat plenty of carbohydrates, um, drink lots. Electrolytes. That's it. Boom. That's all you got to do. And, and if you do those things, you can go forever. When I did 18 hours, right? Yeah. Well, this is a life hack right yeah, here. Yeah, it really is. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, nutrition, hydration, heart rate. Um, Saddle time. Saddle time, yes. Oh, my gosh. So, literally, you start off at 40 miles and thinking, okay, how do I get to 140 plus? Yeah. And uh, it's 20 miles at a time. Yeah. <laughs> so, I did 40. I did 60 the next week. I did 80 the next week. I did 100 the next week. I did 120 the following week. And I basically yeah. built it up over, over a few weeks. And, you know, I gave myself a... Well, Kai got COVID not long before, and I'm just mm. super worried that I'm going to get it yeah. and that I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, so I took a week off when he got COVID. So mm. I had a complete rest week. I didn't mean to, but I had a complete rest week about two weeks before I did it, which was probably a really good thing to do. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, that week prior to that, I'd done both a 100 and 120 mile ride in the same week. Wow. Um, you know, and, and following the same things. It's just building it up over time and eating right, training the mm-hmm. eating. I mean, you know, 
I've got big pockets in my shirt, right? They're generally stuffed full of food. It's actually a camera at the moment, but usually it's just stuffed full of food. You're a reverse kangaroo. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Gear. Yeah, oh, we should talk about hill climbing as well. Oh, hill climbing, yes. You know, literally, because I knew I was going to be going to 14,000 feet, I had to spend a lot of time in the weeks prior mm -hmm. at 13,000, 14,000 feet. Makes sense. Uh, so, you know, I was, I was hiking 14ers, not yeah. riding them, but I was hiking them. Um, we were camping, you know, doing backpacking trips at sort of pretty high up just so that I was functioning at that height. And then once I'd hit the 60 mile mark, I started doing, we got some absolute gem, you know, mm -hmm. road hill climbs mm -hmm. just outside of Denver. And, uh, so I started doing those once I hit the, the 60 mile mark. And, Makes sense. Yeah, and I refused to, to ride the upper part of the mountain. I didn't, I didn't want to know it, I didn't want to do it, but I, but I did a loop a few weeks before I did it that in, included some of my halfway point, I Was guess. the reasoning there so it would be uh, kind of a fun carrot or reward to get to go do it and experience no, it? No, it was just, it wouldn't be an adventure if it wasn't. Oh, that's fair, yeah. You know, it's like, it, you know, I, I definitely wanted to make sure that it was unknown. Okay, makes sense. I didn't want, I didn't want to know that I could do all the bits and I just had to link them together. Sure. It's so like sport what, climbing. Sure. I don't, I, I prefer trad climbing. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. like to sort of make it up as I go along and just figure it out. Yeah. So yeah, that was a large part of it. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and then gear, like you said. Oh my gosh, the gear. Okay, so uh, being a gamer, we do have a great in, an opportunity yep. to work with a, a lot of companies, as you know from the videos. Uh, and the write-ups. Uh, so this became a fun angle too to pitch this idea to to what gear to use and why. It's, yeah, it could have been easy and just be like, give me the lightest thing out there. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I and I had a had a friend who's basically a, a bike reviewer, mm -hmm. right? And he goes, "What bike do you want? I'll get you the lightest one possible." And I went, "I don't." And why? Why? <laughs> because I I wanted this to be accessible to everyone. And you know, a light bike, you're looking six, seven plus grand. Not accessible and, to and me. I'm not gonna <laughs> spend that on no. a bike personally. I wouldn't expect anyone else to spend that right. on a bike. So I needed a bike that I knew was capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. Wasn't gonna make me completely hate the experience. Yeah. So I wasn't gonna go up on some heavy piece of, yeah. Exactly. Um, but I wanted to come in at a price point that I thought you know was accessible to most people i love that yeah being, and, being an educator and, a, and person who wants to inspire people uh, i love your approach of making it uh, palatable yeah and i'm not saying the bike was cheap but it's yeah it was probably nearly half the price of anything comparable wow so um that's good so i i reached out to a company called tribe and we uh, to decathlon sorry um decathlon owns the tribe and brand decathlon's a french um uh big Store, Very good yeah. company, yeah, yeah. and um, they got a they got a really good sort of sustainability sort of piece and a, and a really good sort of accessibility piece, mm -hmm. and their prices are great. It's a big box store, right? Their yeah. prices are fantastic. And the bike I got was um, Tribun's RC five twenties right here. This is the one that took me up to the top of um, Mount Evans, and it, it currently costs about. $1,400, it's not cheap. But anything with the same group set, you're looking at two grand and up. So oh, wow. um, big difference in pricing. 
Um, I wanted a bike that was comfortable, that was sort of designed for long, long haul rather than quick swift. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, I got chatting with a PR company for Decathlon, and uh, we decided on this. I'd originally thought I would, I would go for a gravel bike, yeah. but they, you know, they swayed me towards a road bike instead. But a really comfortable road bike with a really sort of relaxed geometry, and uh, it was fantastic. That's and awesome. uh, so yes, not the cheapest thing in the world. But if you got, you know, the bottom line is you've got to invest something, right? Yeah. And you, you, you spend time building up to things. You know, I was lucky with engagement that I could mm -hmm. literally go and ask for something, which mm -hmm. is it's a it really is yeah. a perk of what we do. Yeah. But like I said, I didn't want to just ask for a seven thousand dollar bike. Yeah. Um, I wanted to. Because the inspiring story wouldn't be as uh, approachable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was the bike. The bike was fantastic. Um, and then we got talking with Pearl Azumi for layers. And, mm -hmm. and that was key. I mean, if you can imagine, I started the ride at 2.30 in the morning down in Denver. It was the beginning of October. Mm. So it's not warm. Yeah, probably in the 30s. Right? Yeah, maybe even the twenties, high twenties. Oh, yeah. yeah. it, it, you know, it was chilly, it was somewhere around there. Um, and then, you know, during the day, coming back down into Golden, it was going to be so like fifty, sixty, mm -hmm. maybe even seventy degrees, right? So you got a complete full gamut. Summit is going to be less, less <laughs> than less, yeah. freezing. So um, you get the full gamut, and 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 you know, when I'm out hiking, I got a backpack. Mm -hmm. Not quite like you. I don't carry the kitchen sink. I do sink, carry everything. But I do carry a lot, <laughs> yeah. right? And I do think about my layers, and I'm, and I'm able to yeah. sort of play with them. But, you know, with this ride, I was basically had to carry everything. So, you know, if it didn't fit in the back pocket along with all my food, I did have a couple of bags on my bike as well. Mm -hmm. um, but so it was a self-sustained mission yeah, here. Yeah. I, well, the nice thing was I had James filming it. Mm -hmm. So I had spots where there was someone with me sure. but um and, and and i put some things in james's car because he was going to be riding an electric bike mm -hmm. to the summit with me so and he had panniers so he could put stuff oh sure for that but for the most part i wore the same layering system and, and um and apart from the hottest part of the day i wore the same clothes pretty much all day right so um yeah, Pearl Azumi's Expedition bibs and, and top jersey, fantastic. They're designed for long days. The big thing is you want a nice piece of chamois oh, under yeah. your butt if you yeah. are going to do that. And the Expedition bibs has a massive piece of chamois. Um, you also want pockets because you're carrying more than you would do if you're out for a quick sprint sure. around yeah. the park kind of deal. So um, both of these have lots of pockets but then there was um, a few other things that made the difference one i got leg warmers mm -hmm. you don't want to be wearing just shorts in all honesty so and i wore those leg warmers most of the day i had a, a top from pearl azumi as well which is made out of alpha pro the polar tech oh, yeah yeah oh my gosh it's developed by special services mm. um it's it reminds me of the old heli hansons very pilled kind of yeah. feel to it so there's, you're getting a lot of air trapment for not a lot of fabric 
Makes sense. Unbelievable. I think since uh, you would had that, a couple of companies have, have created more yeah. of the exposed insulation. So there's, there's, instead of having, there's a face fabric, then there's like this octa yarn kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's not another face fabric. So you're saving the weight and then the breathability yeah. is there. Still yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. And um, I also had that in my gloves, Polytech, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the Alpha Pro and the back of the gloves, which was, again, made a big difference. So a really lightweight pair of gloves. Mm -hmm. I really was not expecting them to be functioning yeah. for the top. They were Bonus. fantastic. Um, and then we used the Summit Barrier, no, the Barrier Pro Jacket. Uh, this guy, really small, absolutely amazing. One high-vis fabric without looking like you're wearing, you're going to work, you know, it's not, it's not neon. Also, yeah. I love this, packs down to nothing. I was not, I was really worried, wondering, should I be wearing this on the top of Mount Evans in case it either snowed or rained at that mm. time of year? And uh, it was amazing. Oh, nice. It was yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, and I rode through a massive storm, like a massive storm. Yeah. And uh, it still kept me dry. Wow. So big thumbs up with that. Stuff um, Yeah. Then. I wore gravel shoes. Gravel shoes are like a road shoe without having to uh, deal with not having a, anything to walk on. You know, oh, a road shoe, yeah. you, you can't just walk around. Yeah. And I knew I was going to be out of the saddle and walking around a bunch. Yeah. So I wanted a gravel shoe. That was fantastic. Um, then we had I had a home up by Senna that's got a both a oh this um, is really remarkable yeah, yeah it's got it's got headphones and a microphone in it there was large parts of the day when i was alone yeah and it was nice to listen to music or a podcast yeah i was i was riding down into gold this big steep hill a friend of mine always rides up it mm -hmm. so i called him yeah <laughs> and uh he's going where are you so i'm coming down past mother cabrini's shrine he says what are you doing talking to me on the phone coming down there yeah. <laughs> said, i'm not holding on to anything i'm just chatting with you um so yeah, that, that was pretty that was and, pretty cool and i've been on the <laughs> other end of the phone calls when will's been uh training and he, the microphone is like right here I think. yes right right above my nose yeah, yeah so he's been able to communicate and i thought it sounded really quite yeah, good it's, it's amazing how anyway so that was pretty cool and um yeah i mean it, we really kept it down to not a lot yeah minimalist. and then and then you know there was i did take a full down suit with me mm-hmm put it in James' car. I really thought I was going to get cramps when I eventually got to Echo Lake. It had been cold all morning. You know, I'd been through the night all morning. And, and I was wondering if I was going to be able to make it based on cold cramps coming oh, on. Sure. And yeah. got dressed up, walked around for 20 minutes, and uh, they disappeared. Nice. That was freaking awesome. Um, yeah, and I think that's probably it for gear. Uh, yeah, well, the gear worked, and I love that yep. you made it, made it uh, just not the most expensive, lightest hybrid prototype next year's model, so it's not even attainable by, by anybody else. Yeah, I will, I'll put a link to all the stuff I was wearing. That, that'd be helpful. Because uh, it, was, it, it was really, you know, I feel like I nailed it. Yeah. So that was, I guess we should talk about the day. Yes, the day. So start at 2.30 in the morning. Start at 2.30 in the morning. It's crickets outside. Yeah. It was pretty wild. But, you know, I was so nervous. Yeah. I was so nervous. You know, I'd gone to bed at probably 
way later than I should have done. Sure. So, you know, because you're spending time getting well, ready. Yeah, I was still cooking. Up. I was cooking the night before, making sure I had loads of yeah. rice bars to yeah. go with. It was, um, yeah, Kai's asleep, and I'm just pushing the bike out the door, thinking, what the hell? <laughs> What's about to happen? But, oh, my gosh. I mean, it was amazing. So riding through Denver at night, mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't see a soul. It's just unbelievably quiet. Yeah. Um, obviously, I had lights. I, I, I tend to have two front and two back, one, one to see and one to be seen. That's, oh, my, like that's, that. that's yeah. my sort of thinking. I have a light on my helmet, a light on the bike, and then two on the front. So, mm. yeah. Um, so that was that was wild. There was, I think, you know, coming down past the plat, there was um, wildcats screeching. I was thinking it sounded like a really big cat, and I've got to see all kinds of wildlife and you know yeah. i'd be stopping every hour and just forcing food down my throat mm -hmm. and uh, i got up to morrison at about 4 30 i guess well i made it to morrison <coughs> just eating another rice bar and all i can see in front of me is hills so you covered from aurora to morrison in two, about hours. two hours yeah yeah and then uh which is not it's not fast mm -hmm. by any means you know it's just it's chill, but it was in the dark. Yeah, and and then you know, the Morrison, you're starting to get, I was starting to get a little, and you, with, with the cloud, with, with with the sky, you could sort of see all the cloud, and I was just thinking, am I going to get the day that I mm -hmm. want? To, it was, it was still pretty nervous. And then, two hours of climbing the hill up to Bergen Park, which was, again, it's it's a beautiful ride, especially when there's not a lot of traffic. Yeah. It's gorgeous and met James at Bergen Park and drank coffee with him and then uh, as we left Bergen Park the sun rose and it was just oh, gorgeous that nice. that whole stretch headed up um, you know out of off the the um, the Evergreen Parkway mm -hmm. climbing up towards Echo Lake was Very just pretty. stunning and, and it was that time of year the leaves were mm -hmm. changing oh, it yeah. was just gorgeous and like I say the sun rise behind and uh, I was just grinding uphill but, yeah. but at that point James was sort of passing me and filming and then mm -hmm. I'd go off in front and then he'd pass me and film and well, you fine. know so it's just ha just having someone to sort of yeah. talk to occasionally was really nice because the first bit had been solely alone obviously and then uh, then you get to that little summit and then you drop down to Echo Lake so it's really nice to get a break from Climbing, oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. I mean, been climbing for a long time at that point, and uh, so, like, say, Echo Lake had half an hour of just wandering around with a, a down suit on just to make sure that uh, I kept the uh, the um, cramps at bay. And then, once James had assembled his bike, we went up that top section. The beautiful thing is the road was closed. It was the first day it was closed for the season. Oh, score. Um, so which no part of the reason, cars. so no cars. There was a few cars because they they're, they're working up there. Sure. Um, but that road is, I mean, it's beautiful because you're up in the Alpine before too long. Yeah. But oh. it's so, so, in such bad condition. I mean, there's Scary. big holes yeah. everywhere. And I was really thinking, oh, I wish I'd had a change of wheels, mm -hmm. you know, for that section. Yeah, but but I kept on my my road wheels um, and I, you know the, the, the bottom line is I, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to do it yeah right but the feeding the hydration 
I, I didn't have a single mood swing all day. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel tired all day. Wow. I just kept this steady mm -hmm. pace up there, and it was just fantastic. Now, you know, the top bit, did I need rests every now and again? For sure, I did. I mm -hmm. was not. It's not like I was a spring chicken at that point. Sure. Um, but we're looking around, and the, it's beautiful. But there's some massive dark clouds around. It's oh, looking like snow. Oh, alpine with us too, Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a little bit dubious. And uh, when we got up to Summit Lake, there was ice on the road, and it was only going to be worse for that final thousand feet. So we called it a Summit Lake, and um, I was expecting to feel bad about that, but yeah. I don't. You yeah. know, it was a smart choice, and uh, an obvious choice too. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, when you're doing something that big, you're like, oh, you, I want to push you, through. You push through because um, no good comes from that. Yeah, I know, but that's it's it's a reality, right? Yeah. And um, you know, I, I called it, and I'm glad I called it. And uh, we spent a little bit of time at Summit Lake, and it's and it's a beautiful spot up there. Yeah, it really um, is. It's really gorgeous. Oh, right. Fine. I know we do. And then turned around and started. Repeated the process backwards. Back, so yeah, but at least it's mainly downhill coming back home, sure. right? But it's still you're hanging on your brakes and um yeah, it's not yeah. So we managed to avoid most of the ice. Mm -hmm. It wasn't too bad. Where we where we got to, um, yeah, that whole ride down through the Alpine was just wild. It's gorgeous, yeah. and then James went on his way, and uh, I was back alone again for the next section. Mm -hmm. And um, that's when I was really glad of the helmet and chatting yeah. with people. It was just it was really neat. Um, that ride there was it was actually there'd been some rain. Mm. I didn't get rained on myself at that point, but the road was greasy yeah. coming down into Bergen Park, which was a little bit a little intim intimidating at times. Yeah. I mean, just because it's just down. Yeah. And it's down. And it's down. And, and, yeah. and you know, you, don't, you obviously don't want to burn your brakes out. And uh, Yeah. But, it, you know, it's a long way down. Yeah. And then we got down to the parkway and uh, the road had dried off, so it was just sort of patches of rain. Um, and there was a goodness. section I was worried about going, you know, you know, by, by the, the bison herd. Oh, yeah. You have to climb again. Yeah. And I was just thinking, am I going to be able to, am I going to have anything, any juice in the tank? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was, it was fine. And then that downhill into Golden was just fantastic. You know, it was Are you just, doing this, like, um, is there a path or are you on I-70 or how did you No, no, don't, don't touch that. I, so yeah. mixture of bike trails and uh, frontage road. Okay. Um, but yeah, there, there is, there's a, I didn't touch Thank any really yeah. busy highways at all. And then uh, I met a friend at, at Golden, where he met me, mm -hmm. and so I had someone to ride the last thirty miles with. Oh, that's refreshing. Um, Keep you on. Yeah, well, I, I'm like I say, I was I was expecting at that point to have mm -hmm. got to a point where I was hallucinating. I yeah. I, I, I thought I'd be so drained, mm -hmm. but I wasn't. And it, it it's all down to what we were talking about with yeah. food. Yeah, tools in place. Yeah. yeah. Um, then, not too far from Golden, the heavens opened and we had the mother of all storms. I mean, it oh. was just, you know, rain was bouncing off the blacktop. I wish I'd had 
footage of that I was but I was not in a place to take footage but it would have just been such heroic yeah footage um, you, you still buy through that yeah we kind of had to I mean yeah. and then this is why I was really glad of having M with me because uh, I'd have probably just holed up under a bridge and gone to sleep and yeah not been able to motivate myself to finish it off but you know just following on the back wheel of M's bike yeah, he just kept me going through way. it, and it cool. was just—it was heinous. Yeah, <laughs> it was savage, but it was kind of cool at the same time, you know. And I yeah. wasn't like I say, I wasn't wet because the jacket was unbelievable. And uh, got home just as it was getting dark, about six thirty. So two thirty a.m. to six thirty p.m. Yeah, exactly. Day. Wow. Yeah, it was a, a lot of work. It was a, it was a, it was a big ride, but yeah. like I say, I mean, I I, I felt good when I got home. Mm -hmm felt good all day I was you know I felt like I'd done something for sure but I didn't yeah. feel like I'd done too much yeah and, you, um, you did a huge physical yeah and emotional yeah exercise yeah it was fantastic and you know and I, I think about just giving yourself that kind of stretch going it's not just that day mm -hmm. it's all the the stuff that led to it I mean the amount of riding I did last summer mm -hmm. was huge I don't normally ride those kinds of distance. I was, yeah. you know, I was clocking three hundred mile that weeks at one point. Yeah. And uh, on Strava, you know, a lot of people were noticing. Um, a lot of our friends were commenting, "Like, you see what Will did today?" Yeah. Yeah. Inspiring. And and, and 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 it's just a really neat feeling when you sort of have a reason to do that. Because I'm one of those people that, you know, if I don't have a reason, I sometimes don't do stuff. Yeah. So having those stretch goals really pushes it. Makes sense. Yeah. And now, uh, now every time you look at Matt Evans, you can really feel connected and feel proud. Oh, about absolutely! It. Yeah. And it's six months later now, yeah. and and still every time you know I'll go for a bike ride and I'll go to a certain part of town where you can see Matt Evans and just think, yeah, <laughs> part of your life. Yeah, I've done that, and um, you know it's 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 neat to feel proud and uh, and good, and and I, you know. One of the reasons for doing it, one of the whys was, uh, you know, I said I want to inspire people. I really mm -hmm. want to inspire my son. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. it's being a single parent. There is not a lot of point in um, sweating the small stuff. You, I don't want to alienate mm -hmm. my son. He's a teen, right? Yeah. He does stupid stuff, mm -hmm. and if I dwell too much on that and I'm sure he'll tell you that I dwell too much on that <laughs> then you know we're going to alienate each other yeah and he doesn't have another parent yeah. you know what I mean and I don't have another child and I and so it's like rather than showing what he's doing wrong it is so very important for me to show him what he can do right yeah and modeling stuff is is huge so you know modeling a big stretch goal and, mm -hmm. and and letting him see the benefits of that have been fantastic and i feel good about that um yeah on a lot of levels yeah so what are some more takeaways from this experience yeah um you can't have an experience without having some right sure yeah <laughs> so i think you know, I've always valued adventure, mm -hmm. but I think I 
recognize its value even more now. And, and, and in terms of how can something so ultimately silly, right? Mm-hmm. Riding a bike up a mountain, what's the point of it? Sure, from the outside but, looking but, at it. But, you know, there is a massive point to it. Mm-hmm. it, it you know, I, I walked away from there feeling so much better about myself, feeling That's like huge. I was capable, mm-hmm. feeling like, you know, I, I reminded myself who I was mm-hmm. when I was younger and, and realizing that I can still be that, that I can still age gracefully and still incorporate adventure into my life. And, mm-hmm. uh, and by doing that, I will, one, find the initial fulfillment of doing something you know that feels like I've accomplished something yeah but also that fulfillment lasts a lot longer you know it's it's a, it's a case of not only did I do that but I, I see how it changed things mm-hmm. you know I'm more likely to go and do so you know, I'm already planning what I'm going to do that's bigger and better next time because it's like oh boy you know it I never got to that place where I was hallucinating. I never got to that place where I was falling off my bike, so I couldn't have pushed it quite hard enough. You know? Still a little so, hit run left. So, yeah. so yeah. So who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've got some ideas for what to do next year. Um, That's exciting. But the, but the the fact that you can age gracefully mm-hmm. and still have adventures, and you need to have adventures. I think that that's a large part of it. That's a good takeaway. Um, you know, realizing that I am capable of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's very you know, empowering. You know, I feel like, you know, I was stuck at work. I wasn't mm-hmm. really um, achieving anything at work. And I was, you know, I've, I've often measured myself by what I produce at work. Sure, right? and, most people do. Yeah, and I wasn't producing anything of value. I, I didn't think, and, and consequently, I did not feel good about myself. So I think, you know, it's really important if you're not finding that fulfillment somewhere to find it some place in your life and yeah this was good for doing that um, yeah and I I'm, I'm that much more motivated now to share this sort of message that adventure is important mm-hmm. and to break it down why it's important and if anyone wants to have a conversation about that feel <laughs> free to reach out because i do think it's important um i'll plug my website how about that it, yeah, where can people find you where <laughs> yeah where the fruit is.com um as, as mark twain said why not go out on a limb that's where the fruit is so where the fruit is.com and uh will with one l at where the fruit is.com so there's an email address that's uh, a fun website too full of uh stories much like this as well and one of the takeaways that i i have the being your friend and getting to see this from the outside and, and then now get to talk to you about it is you being a, a leader and a teacher in this life project you did here you made it super approachable you made it local you made it somewhat affordable Right, so it wasn't like uh, Will went to Everest and it took grants and ten thousand dollars to raise yeah, more, to get yeah more. Promo on that. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, like somebody went to Finland for a heli ski trip. That was their adventure. No, he literally took his bicycle, budget friendly bicycle, at that up a place so you can see from his house. But it's not an easy adventure, and along the way, learned so much, and teaching his son Kai what you, a person can do at whatever age, it's very inspiring. 
So hats off to you, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I think it's important. It's very important <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And yeah, you don't have to go far no. to have an adventure. You know, I always tell people you have an adventure in your own bathroom if you want to. It's, <laughs> like I say, it's all about the, the feeling you get from an uncertain outcome. Yeah. I don't know what uncertainty you experience <laughs> in your bathroom, but yeah. you, can, you can definitely have one. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, so it makes it much more approachable for people who don't have potentially the resources or location or the time. Uh, adventures out there if you make it. Yeah, and I think that's really key. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Will. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. I'll put the link below so you can learn more about Will, and then we'll put links below for all the gear that he's using and used in the the, uh, the test here. And he's got a plethora of other reviews and videos on YouTube on our Gearman channel. Uh, just a wealth of information, hence his nickname, The Professor. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Sweet. Thanks. We did it. We did it. <laughs>